Today on The Journey with Steve DeWitt, a lesson on generous living. We can't outgive God. He is always more generous to us than we are to him. And he says in Malachi, hey, test me on this. Test, try me. See if you can outgive me. Will I not make your barns overflow? Malachi 3.10. And so we are to seek to have and to live that generous life and to anticipate the blessings that God promises to us. Selfishness creates a paradox. Those focused on self-interest often end up unhappy. But when we look beyond ourselves to embrace and support others' needs, we find true joy. Welcome to The Journey with Steve DeWitt, Senior Pastor and Bible Teacher at Bethel Church in Northwest Indiana. Today, Pastor Steve brings us to the Book of Acts for a practical lesson on generosity. We're learning what it means to live the generous life. You can listen online at thejourney.fm. Now here's Pastor Steve with today's message. I think the average non-Christian, your neighbor, would be shocked at the way that a generous Christian handles his or her money. And I would like to show how generosity to God is not insane. It is the only sane and reasonable thing for a Christian uh, to do. And to understand that, we have to understand the big picture of Christian generosity. We have to understand giving to God in redemptive context. And this is what the Apostle Paul does. You can turn here if you would like in 2 Corinthians 8. Now, here's what Paul's doing. He is making a direct connection between the grace giving in verse 7 and the redemptive work of Christ for us in verse 9. Do you see that? So he was rich. He became poor. Here's the third one. His, pro- his poverty brings us riches so that through you, his poverty might become rich. So the story of Jesus really is this. It's a riches to rags story. Our story in Christ is a rags to riches story. We have in him all of these incredible riches and benefits, the kind that really means something for all eternity. So here's what Paul is saying, is that grace giving or Christian generosity makes perfect sense in the, in the big picture of what God has done for us, his amazing generosity to us. And friend, if you're one of like my friends that I wonder who, uh, you know, this just seems so crazy and all of that, you have to understand the generosity of God for Christian generosity to not only make sense, but to make perfect sense. And here we are as Christians living in light of God's grace to us. And we have commands and teachings like we've been talking about. And God says, hey, be generous. It's more blessed to be generous. And for some people, they take that at its word and they're generous back to God. And and so many Christians, the statistics are scary, how many Christians nickel and dime God back. Do we get it? Do we really understand what God has given to us, his generosity? Now, uh, back to our little phrase that we're taking apart today. It is more blessed to give than to receive. I think one of the biggest reasons that we are stingy with God is that we really don't believe that the blessings that he is promising to us are really better than the blessings that keeping or hoarding provide for us. 
And so the rest of my message today is I'm going to try to convince all of us here that God's blessings are better than, than uh, the blessings of giving are better than the blessings of keeping. What does that mean? Like, what do I receive, since that's the basis of it, he's motivating us, he's motivating our desire to receive with the promise. There are more receiving blessings that we get in giving than receiving. What is he talking about there? Here's the first thing. When we give of ourselves, it is blessed because we are doing what we're made to do. What is God like? God is a generous God in every way. And of course, we look in redemption and we see the unbelievable generosity of God. God gave us his son. Unbelievable generosity that God has had for us. He is a generous God. Okay, now here's the deal. We are made in his image. We're made in his image, which means that God wired us the same way that he is wired, and we see that God delights in being generous. So do we. And in our case, here we have, we have the blessing of knowing the one that we're made in his image, and we, we know the big story of what God is doing in our lives, and so we do these things for his sake. But there is a blessing that comes with it. Do you know this blessing? That moment, that blessing that comes with giving is a part of what Jesus is saying here. It is more blessed to give than to receive. We're designed for it. We're made in the image of one who delights to give. It brings more meaning. All right, here's the second reason it's better. Is that uh, it's the reality of the threefold blessing. The reality of the threefold blessing. When I keep or when I hoard, what blessing do I get from that? A little bit. You know, there's a, there's, a li- there's a little blessing in it. I mean, you can go and you can buy something, you know, that makes you feel good for a little bit. But that passes, doesn't it? That's the way it goes. When I am keeping or hoarding, the blessing is very tiny. But what about in giving? What kind of blessing comes from that? Well, first of all, who, or who gets blessed in it? Number one, I get blessed in it. That's the point I was just making. We're doing what we're designed to do. There's a blessing that comes from it. So I'm blessed by it. Secondly, the recipient of the, of the gift is blessed by it. There is a blessing in receiving, especially when somebody is doing something out of love for us or sacrificially for us. It encourages us. We feel valued. We feel loved. We sense relationship. It's a blessing in our life. Third, God is blessed by it. The Bible says that God loves a cheerful giver. He is honored by it. He is honored as the one who who meets our needs, who is faithful to us when we give to him. And so uh, these three blessings are all things that keeping or hoarding or receiving will never, ever give to us. And we have to believe that, okay? We have to believe that, and I think it will produce generosity in our life. All right, here's the next one. When I give... It preserves me from the emptiness of living for myself. When I give of myself, or my money, or my time, it keeps me from just living for me. And to live for ourselves, what a waste of time. What a boring life. Self-absorbed, all my, me, my, my this, and all that. We need to get our focus off of ourselves, and nothing does that better than giving of ourselves sacrificially to the Lord. Here's how Alcorn says a great quote. The act of giving is a vivid reminder that it's all about God, not about us. It's saying that I am not the point. He is the point. 
He does not exist for me. I exist for him. God's money has a higher purpose than my affluence. Giving is a joyful surrender to a greater person and a greater agenda. Giving affirms Christ's lordship. It dethrones me and exalts him. It breaks the chains of mammon that would enslave me. And oh, how enslaving uh, a life of, of pleasure and possessions and money is. So, how do I get my focus off myself? I give of myself. I give of my time. I give of my money. And then life takes on a certain meaning that I never could have living for myself. Here's the next reason it's better. When I give, I have the satisfaction of making a difference with my life, of helping God and what He is doing in His work and in His kingdom. And this is really the complementary point to point number three, that when I'm living for myself, you know what? Very few things have any meaning. When I get the focus off of myself and I start living for God and other people, then everything starts to have meaning. Listen to what Jesus said. If anyone would come after me, he must deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. For whoever wants to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for me will save it. What good is it for a man to gain the whole world and yet to lose or to forfeit his very self? This is Christianity. This isn't just people that are super spiritual. This is what it means to follow Christ. This is normal Christianity. And it is this kind of Christianity, off of myself, living for Jesus, that Jesus is talking about and calling us to here. How do I gain anything that really matters in life? I give up of myself. I give of myself to gain what really matters. And by losing my life, he says here, I actually find it. I find real life in giving. And this is the promised blessing to Christians who give themselves away for God. It is, it is more blessed to give, to live a life of giving, than to live a life of receiving, because when I live a life of giving, I am, I am, I am joining God in his work and what he is doing, and I, I sense from my life that it's making a difference. You can just be some fat cat down in, in, uh, in uh, Beverly Hills and just live for your stocks and your house and all that misery and a really foolish way to live. Or you can give your life to the things of God and to live for Him and His purpose and the saving of men and women, eternal souls for eternity. You know, it's this one little point that uh, has caused millions of people to rush and to go and to buy Rick Warren's book. You know, the number one book, like, ever, other than the Bible, hardback, ever in the history of mankind, The Purpose Driven Life. I mean, the thing has been, there's never been anything like it in terms of how many people have read it in sales. You know how the book begins? It's not about you. It's not about you. That one truth is so radical, millions of people are rushing to read a book that it's not about me. And the reason for that is we live in a narcissistic society where our entire culture is all about us. And so it's so radical to think that it's, what, it's not about me? What are you talking about? i got to read this book. This is so novel. I can't believe it. Even Christians are like, I've never heard something like this before. Read the New Testament, for goodness sakes. It's all over, you know? You know, I guarantee you, I guarantee you that not one copy of his book is sold in heaven. Not one copy. 
I mean, when you get to heaven and, 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 or, and somebody says, hey, is, is it all about us? Or did you, do you realize it's not about us? In heaven, they're like, duh. <laughs> you know. Or as one of my heroes said, he is no fool who gives what he cannot keep to gain what he cannot lose. It's better. It's better. Next. In giving, we have the joyous anticipation of future reward. Listen to what else Jesus says. This is really radical. And everyone who has left houses or brothers or sisters or father or mother or children or fields for my sake. Okay, it's not like you're just signing up for the military and leaving, okay, that, that you get blessing. But when you do it for the sake of God, when you are sacrificing for the sake of God, what happens? None of them will... Uh, fail to receive a hundred times as much and will inherit eternal life. There's a promise right there. I mean, if we really believe that, think of how that would change the way that we live, honestly. Huh? Listen to this from the Sermon on the Mount. Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust decay and where thieves break in and steal, but store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where moth and rust do not destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there will be your heart also. I don't think we can ever forget these verses. Our investments that we give here, when we give to God here, this, what this is saying is that, that that is actually invested in eternity in some way. And that Jesus says, whatever you give here, I promise you will be rewarded. He says 100 times as much. Now imagine this morning I got up and I said, hey, listen, everybody, sidebar comment for you. I actually came across this unbelievable investment opportunity this week. It's guaranteed by the FDIC. I can guarantee you 100% return in three months. If you're interested, talk to me after the service. I'll be right down here at front. Can you imagine the line that would form down here? People would be all happy. Really? Really? Oh, checkbooks would be out. They'd be all talking and happy about it. Why? Because... Who wouldn't want to get 100% return? And yet, that's exactly what Jesus says here. That he will be generous to us. We ought to be happy about future rewards in heaven. And actually, that's a motivation for giving. That's not a bad thing. That's actually a good thing. All right, here's the last one. And I've just called this the wild card. This is the wild card in this. A generous God's promise of greater blessing. Here's what the Apostle Paul writes, 2 Corinthians 9. Now he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will also supply and increase your store of seed and will enlarge your harvest of righteousness. Now remember, this is an agricultural uh, context that he's writing in. And so when he talks about harvesting and seed, if he was writing it today, he would maybe say uh, mutual funds and stock options or something like that. But in that day, this was, the, this was the currency of the day, that he will increase your store of seed and will enlarge your harvest. You will be made rich in every way so that you can be generous on every occasion. And through us, your generosity will result in thanksgiving to God. Did you hear that? When we give to God, God here says that he will give generously back to us. Now this morning, if you happen to run into a, if you, if you ran into a poor guy, let's say you helped a poor man this morning on the road or something like that, and he said, hey, thank you. I gotta tell you, in light of this, I'm gonna be really generous to you. You would be like, 
that's nice. But in your heart, you would think, what can he do? He's poor. But if this morning Bill Gates' car was broken down on the way to church, and you stopped, and you helped him with his tire, and you happen to have just gotten a nice hot coffee or something like that, and you said, hey, Bill Gates, why don't you have this coffee here, and here's some sermon tapes from our pastor. You might want to listen to these, and, and uh, uh, is there anything else we can do for you? And, and Bill Gates is clearly touched by your kindness, and he says to you, hey, I got to tell you, I am really overwhelmed by your kindness, and I am going to be very generous back to you. You'd get in the car and be all like, oh, this has wonderful potential. Why? Because Bill Gates is the richest man in the world, and he can be very generous to us. And friends, what we have here is the God of the universe saying to us, I will be very generous to you when you give to me. And of course, the health and wealth TV preachers that I would not recommend you watch, but you've seen them on TV, twist this and they say, your $10, brother, send the $10 and I can promise to you that God will bring a $100 harvest into your life. If you bring the $100 harvest, I can guarantee you that God will bring the $1,000 harvest into your life. Come on, brother, send to our ministry, and God will bless you so you can give more to our ministry. And they say things like this. It's, that's not what Paul is saying here. It's not. He is not guaranteeing material blessing for material giving. But here's the thing. It might mean that. It might be applied by a sovereign God into your life in that way. It might. And the testimony of so many Christians who are faithful in giving to God in their life is that God has enlarged their harvest, that God has blessed them materially. But it may not be material. It could be other kinds of blessings like uh, the, the richness in relationship, spiritual maturity, health, children that know the Lord, you know, on and on. I, I mean, I don't know what the blessing is, but here, here's the thing is we can't outgive God. Any more than you could outgive out Bill Gates, we can't outgive God. He is always more generous to us than we are to him. And he says in Malachi, hey, test me on this. Test, try me. See if you can outgive me. Will I not make your barns overflow? Malachi 3.10. Many people don't believe God on that. I just don't want you to be one of them. So why is it more blessed to give than to receive for these reasons and probably a bunch more that we could come up with? Here's the point, though, is that it is. And so we are to seek to have and to live that generous life and to anticipate the blessings that God promises to us. Now, last Sunday, I kind of played this little scenario with you where we get to heaven, and because I have been largely afraid to talk about money in my ministry here at Bethel. Uh, I imagined how some of you would come up to me and be like all upset because I didn't tell you that you had the opportunity to be rich in heaven, as Jesus said, because I was afraid of you or something like that. Remember that? And I kind of joked about the fact that you would be mad, but you can't be mad because you're in a glorified body now. So why am I worrying about it? Uh, 
I'm just kind of wondering, have I cleared myself on this subject? Have I made this clear enough to you today that you realize that the gifts that you give and the things that you do for the Lord are all investing towards eternity? Have I made it abundantly clear? Is there any confusion here on this particular point? Do you understand what I'm saying and what the Bible says? Are you with me? Okay. You're not going to come up to me and do the whole, you should have told me about this. Because I'm going to say, talk to the hand. I don't want to hear it. I told you. I told you. Because the concern that I have and that we have as elders and leaders and pastors at the church here is we want all of us to be rich in heaven, to step into heaven fully invested there. That's what we want for you and for us. And you know, churches and Christian organizations have the same responsibility to stewardship that we're talking about here. We do. And one of the things that I am passionate for, and and the elders as well, is that we as a church corporately would exemplify the principles of stewardship that we are teaching on an individual basis. And so just know that this is something that we take seriously. We've made changes recently to try to, to... To do that even more effective, we'll be making changes in the future, I'm sure, to try to model this for you. One thing that we actually are uh, just maybe a couple weeks from being able to do uh, is is, uh, online giving to the church. And we have people, myself included, that think that would be great. And so that's almost up and running, a little technology that we've been uh, doing there. One church that does this, they call it automatic faithfulness. (laughs) I kind of like that. Automatic faithfulness. It's just a tool. Here's the point. We will use technology. We'll use teaching series. We'll use uh, seminars, reverse offerings, and whatever else we can come up with to help you be rich there. Because we love you. And I love you. And I want to see you step into eternity having lived your life wisely here. The great missionary Hudson Taylor, I think, uh, summarizes what this verse is saying. He said this, The less I spent on myself and the more I gave to others, the fuller of happiness and blessing did my soul become. It is more blessed to give than to receive. And I pray that God creates in us a church full of generous lives, lived for eternity. We will be glad that we did. Amen. Amen. You're listening to Pastor Steve DeWitt here on The Journey and the conclusion of a message called The Generous Life, Part 2. Remember, you can always revisit these messages online at thejourney.fm. Well, I just want to take a moment to thank our wonderful listeners. The Journey is made possible in part by the gifts of generous friends like you. Your financial support, allows us to air this Bible teaching program on stations throughout Indiana, Illinois, Colorado, Iowa, Kentucky, and Minnesota. Your financial support also allows us to share the truth of the gospel to eager listeners across the globe through the Moody Radio Network and all major podcast platforms. These broadcasts cost a lot of time and resources, so would you consider joining hands with us today? Your gift of any amount will bring the gospel to listeners around the world. You can give online at thejourney.fm or call 844-7-JOURNEY. That's 844-756-8763. 
When you do, we'll say thanks by sending you a book called The Treasure Principle. It's written by best-selling author Randy Alcorn. This book has transformed how millions view giving. And this revised and updated edition features an additional chapter plus a bonus section addressing frequently asked questions about how to live generously in everyday life. Request your copy of The Treasure Principle today and learn how to store up treasures in heaven where they'll last forever. Call 844-7-JOURNEY. That's 844-756-8763. Or visit thejourney.fm. And while you're there, be sure to sign up to receive updates from The Journey. Just scroll to the box at the bottom of the page and then enter your name and email. And if you'd like to connect with us on Facebook or via email, you'll find the links at the top of the page. I'm Tim Svoboda. Be sure to join us next time for more teaching from Pastor Steve DeWitt here on The Journey. Today's program was produced and furnished by Bethel Church in Crown Point, Indiana.